Yo, hey everyone, it's Adrienne here. I hope you are all having a great week. So this week, I wanted to share a message about my five-step decision-making process. Now, this came about because I hosted a goal-setting workshop a few weeks ago on Zoom. And in the workshop, I talked about this decision-making process and this approach to making decisions by design rather than by default. Now, it resonated with a lot of people and there was quite a lot of questions and emails that I received afterwards. So I thought it'd be great to share the decision-making process with the listeners of the podcast and also to answer some of those questions here as well. So first up, why do I have a decision-making process and, and why is it important to have one? And as I mentioned, making decisions by design rather than default is something that is becoming increasingly important and that I am becoming more and more aware of in both my personal and my professional life. So often when I speak to friends or sometimes when I speak to mentees or clients, we'll talk about, you know, when there's a big decision to be made, whether you feel like it's a, maybe it's something at work, a career opportunity, or maybe it's a a personal life decision about whether to move to a new city or whether to get married or whether to have children or what school your children should go to, all of these kind of things. And sometimes people will say, well, actually, you know, I didn't really consider all the different options. I didn't think it was a choice. It kind of just rolled along. You know, I just went to this university and then I got this opportunity to work there or, you know, someone said that I was good at that and I should do it. So I just, you know, kind of went with it and it's not until sometimes we reflect back, um, we look and we kind of try to, I guess, reverse engineer the steps that got us to where we are, that we start to look at the decisions that we've made along the way. So I always want to remember that. I always want to think that actually every decision that you make is a choice. There's always more than one option, more than one choice. Even when you sometimes feel like a decision is quite binary, it's yes or no, it's A or B. I often challenge myself to think, okay, is there anything else? You know, is there an alternative? What's option C? What's option D? What's option E? And I'll try to write down a whole list. So when I'm making a decision, as I mentioned, if it's especially if it's a career or professional decision, then I have these five things which I score the decision on. And that really does help me to clarify my thinking and also just to make sure that I am, yeah, not just kind of going along with the flow. So the first one, so there's five steps to this, and you can either just literally draw on a piece of paper, list the five things, and then give it like a cross or a tick, depending on how specific you want to be, or you can rate each one from naught to five. And that's how I do it. So for each of the things I'm going to list, I will rate that one to five, and then total up the score at the end. So the first one is values. So how much does this opportunity or this job, how much does this align with my values? Now, that can seem quite broad when you think about, well, first, you've got to figure out what your values are. But once you've established that on a scale from zero to five, how much does that job, that opportunity, that that person, that place, how much does it align with your core values, the things that are innately the most important to you? How much does that align? And sometimes it's really clear. You can say straight away, like that is a zero. It doesn't align with my values. It's not something that I believe in. It's not something I'm passionate about. And it helps obviously to make that decision. But if if it's a bit more ambiguous, then it might be a three or a four. And that's why it's good to have this, this scoring system that you can tally up at the end. So the next thing after values is learning. 
so is this an opportunity for me to learn? So is that does that mean something like a skill that I'm going to learn that I'll be able to use later on in a, in a different setting, in a different opportunity? Or is it just something that actually is it a person that I can learn from? You know, so if it's scoring from zero to five, exactly the same thing. Is this an opportunity to learn? And that could be short term or long term. The third one is cost. And when I say cost, initially, you know, first of all, we might think about money and say, okay, how much does this pay? How much does this opportunity pay? And it's really important, of course, for us to consider that because we work not just to do things that we enjoy and hopefully to have an impact, but also to earn money. I think there's absolutely no getting away from that and no shame in thinking, okay, does this pay well? Does this pay more? Does this pay less? But as well as thinking of the cost from a financial perspective, I also, when I'm thinking about cost, I also think about the cost of time. So how much does this cost of your, how much of your personal time, how much of your brain space, how much emotional energy, how much will this cost you to do this? Because as we all know, it's not just about the hours that you're in the room or the hours that you're doing the job often there's a lot of wraparound time with yeah lots of uh, opportunities lots of jobs that require us to do extra additional work or research or prep so when I think about cost of course I'm considering how much is this going to pay but I'm also considering what is the cost on my personal time okay the fourth one is about service of others so giving is this is this opportunity something that I can do in service of others. So for a really clear example of that would be mentoring. It's something that you don't get paid to do. And you, of course, get to learn a lot and it aligns with my values. But essentially, it's, it's something you can do in service of others. Because I believe that innately, everybody wants to do things to help other people. Everybody, if given the opportunity, will say, yeah, sure, I'd love to help more people, or I'd love to volunteer at an organisation, or I'd love to uh, work with young people, but often they just don't know where to start. So, of course, you can actively seek those those roles in, in terms of mentoring or, or volunteering or charity work. But if something, even just within your work, if an opportunity comes up, maybe to mentor somebody within your team or work with an intern, if something comes up and you're like, you know what, I'm busy, I've got a lot on, but this is a really great opportunity to do something in service of others, then that is important to factor into your decision as well. And then last but not least, so just a quick recap, we've got first up values. Does this align with my values? Secondly, learning. Is this an opportunity to learn something new? Third, cost. What is the cost financially and the cost of my time? Fourth, is this an opportunity to do something in service of others? And then last but not least, and one that often people neglect when making big decisions, is enjoyment. How much are you going to enjoy doing this thing? And a really quick way to, I guess, figure that out when you're trying to score it from zero to five is how do you feel about if that opportunity started tomorrow, not next month, not next year, tomorrow, how would you feel in this moment? Would you feel excited? Would you feel nervous? Would you feel overwhelmed? Would you feel dread? And that's how I often try and make, I, I really try and focus on that when I'm making a decision because thinking about a decision that you're saying yes to something in the future. So often, you know, I, I often say I'm a re- recovering people pleaser because it's innate in me to say yes. But when you say yes to something that's 
six weeks away or two weeks away, it can feel quite easy to say, yeah, sure, you know, I'll be free then or I'll be available then or, you know, that's that's fine. But if it was tomorrow, would you still say yes? Would you still feel excited? Do you think you're going to enjoy doing it? And score that from one to five. So after you've scored each one of those things, obviously the top score is 25. The lowest, of course, would be a zero. But scoring things between the the zero and the 25, it's really clear. It starts to just, things just jump out at you that they're absolutely a yes, you should do it, you should go for it. And then things really clearly become highlighted as like, Mm, this is scoring like a 10 and it really is something that needs to go or something you need to say no to. So that's the five steps that I use and I find it super useful, as I said, especially in professional settings when, you know, I'm very fortunate to say that sometimes, you know, opportunities come or people will ask me to get involved in projects. And of course, I want to take on lots of things. However, in order for me to do the very best work that I can, in order for me to feel like I can focus and commit once I do say yes to a project, I really can't do everything at the same time. Now, again, this is what I talked about in the goal setting workshop when I said, I will never tell anyone to limit their ambition. I will never say to anyone, you can't do anything. You can, of course, do anything, but you can't do everything at the same time. So this also helps me to prioritise and to say, okay, if I'm going to say yes to this thing, what am I going to deprioritise and say no to? So that's why I have this, you know, make decisions by design rather than default, because I also don't want to look back on things and go, oh, actually, you know what, I wasted, I don't know, a year or two years or three years. And I kind of felt like I was drifting along there or it didn't feel like the right fit, but I just kind of went along with it because it was easy or because it paid well or because it was fun but actually neglected other things that are important so I hope that's really helpful Uh, you might want to listen to this when you've got a pen and paper when you can write it down uh, or maybe just maybe it's just enough to just get you thinking and say okay when I'm making decisions how do I factor in all the different elements how do I have the confidence to know I've made the right decision because that was one of the things that came up the most in the questions. So I put out a question answer box on Instagram and that question came up at least five times, which was when you've made the decision, so after you've done this process, how do you know it was the right one? Now, of course, hindsight's a wonderful thing. We're never going to know 100% that it's the right thing to do. However, I do think that doing this step-by-step, you know, adding up the score really gives me a confidence confidence it's a real kind of uh, compass for me and it can I can help me to course correct as well as I'm as I'm going along and thinking actually it gives me real confidence to know that I've sat down with a pen and paper and I've listed out these things before I've said yes to something so the first thing is yeah just having this system gives you confidence but secondly I'd say how do you know that you've made the right decision is you know, people talk about gut feeling and listen to your gut. And I think that can be quite hard as well to, to kind of know. And often we, we look for external validation. So we'll ask somebody else, you know, we ask our partner or our friend or you might ask your parents or someone else to say, do you think I should do this? Do you think this is the right way to go? What do you think? And we try and get a steer from them. But ultimately, a really simple and it just sounds so basic and obvious, but a really simple way is to think if someone else made that decision for you and someone said, yes, you're doing it, 
How would you feel in that moment? Would you feel relieved or would you feel yeah, a sense of dread and like, oh no, disappointment? So that's often a way to for me to know, okay, I've made the right decision because if the decision was made for me in the opposite way, how would I feel? I'd probably feel disappointed and that's how I know that I've made the right decision. which I really loved was what do you do when you're being pressured to make a decision with a timeline or a deadline and I thought it was really interesting because of course when there is a real specific deadline and you have to decide like say I don't know let's say it's about putting an offer on a house and the house is going to be sold to somebody else or something that has you know a real clear time finish line then of course you know you have to make the decision but I do think that often when people present us with something, they they can impose a sense of urgency or a deadline that doesn't really exist. So I would always challenge again to think, OK, what is going to be the consequence of taking an extra day or an extra week to say, you know what, I really want to make uh, the, the best decision I can. I'm not sure. I need to find out more information. I'm I'm going to get back to you. I'm going to loop back to, to you by the end of the week or I'm going to loop back to the start of next week and actually kind of just take that power back and say you know what this is a big thing this is important I'm not going to be rushed because often as I said people will put this kind of false deadline or this false urgency onto us and often it's yeah it's convenient for them but it might not be convenient for you so it can feel difficult of course to you know push back and you sometimes feel like oh but if I do that are they going to go, you know, are they going to give it the opportunity to somebody else? Or are they going to think that I don't want it or that I'm being rude? And it's really complex to kind of think, well, why do we feel this this pressure to have to, yeah, I guess, fit into everybody else's time zone and what their expectations are. But I think as long as you're honest and you say, look, this is important to me and that's why I need this extra time, then yeah, just at least ask that question. Can I come back to you with this in a week or in 48 hours, instead of feeling the pressure to make the decision right there and then. So the last question I'm going to include was, what do you do when you've made the wrong decision, when you've made a mistake? Now, firstly, it's great to acknowledge, oh, I made the wrong decision. I made a mistake. That is fine. We all, you know, sometimes get things wrong and we don't have to be, I guess, I don't know, so afraid of failure and so afraid that if we make a mistake then it's gonna I don't know that it's it can probably be undone you know we can probably reverse it undo it change our mind change the decision and it's it's very unlikely that it's going to be a binary closed thing that you can never ever go back so if you do make a decision and it's not the right one then it probably is not going to be the end of the world and I'm sure there'll be you know not to be all kind of silver lining about it but I'm sure there'll be something of value in that in that mistake you know whether it's knowing what you don't want is just as important as knowing what you do want or whether it's working with someone or meeting someone or going somewhere and a new experience that's going to be valuable at some point in the future we don't always know so if you make a mistake it's not the end of the world you can probably make a change and you don't have to be wedded to it you don't have to feel shame or embarrassment that it was a failure it's just one of those things Okay, that's it for this week's episode. I really hope that that five-step decision-making process is useful. I really hope that it's got you thinking. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to the Power Hour podcast and I'll be back next week. 
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 